The most political activism he had ever undertaken was planting a yard sign. He said he believes the goal to deny Trump seems reachable, if not probable. Rather than persuade an entire country, he and his allies must find 37 Republicans willing to vote for someone else, a tipping point at which the responsibility of picking the president would shift to the U.S. House of Representatives. No one knows for sure how many are considering alternate votes. Estimates vary from 1 to 25. The GOP-controlled House could vote for Trump anyway, but those trying to flip voters say there is little value in taking a stand. Hearst said he was inspired to continue to flip electors by the movie 300, which depicts an ancient Spartan army's stand against a Persian force that outnumbered it 1,000 to 1. I would like to think we would be successful, but if not, we need to do all we could to prevent this man from being president, he said. Then he modified a line from the movie, Prepare your breakfast and eat hearty, for tonight we will go to battle. This isn't 300, but 538. The battle has intensified as electors draw closer to their convening Monday. Joyce was getting 15 letters a day and 300 emails in the days after November 8th, but those numbers quickly increased to 50 and 3,000. Some of them have been form letters, others handwritten. The letters came from Washington State and from China, stuffed with copies of the U.S. Constitution or Alexander Hamilton's writing in Federalist Paper No. 68, which states that the meeting of the Electoral College affords a moral certainty that the office of president will never fall to the lot of any man who is not in an eminent degree endowed with the requisite qualifications. On Thursday, Joyce received so many letters that the letter carrier just gave her a U.S. Postal Service bucket filled to the brim. I'm sorry this is happening to you, Joyce recalled the letter carrier saying. While some electors have complained of harassment, Joyce shrugged off the mail and placed it all on a sofa decorated with American flag pillows. This is America, she said in a phone interview. People have a right to say what they want. She said most of the messages were thoughtful. On Friday, she said her emails became more positive. The messages were from Republicans, thanking her for taking Trump to the finish line of an arduous process. How refreshing, she said. Although some Democrats who have in the past five presidential elections lost two in which they won the popular vote, and even Trump himself have questioned the necessity of the Electoral College, many opposing Trump have said this election proves just how important it is. Norman Eisen, a former ambassador to the Czech Republic, who has served as legal counsel to the Obama administration, began calling electors to explain that their job is not necessarily to certify the results, but to have a reasonable discussion over whether the public made the right decision. For instance, Eisen, who focused on government ethics in Obama's White House, noted that Trump could be violating a clause in the Constitution that prevents presidents from receiving gifts and funds from foreign governments. It is unclear whether his businesses do because he has not publicly disclosed his tax returns. In Massachusetts, Republican operative and attorney R.J. Lyman said he didn't want to harass anyone, so he used his connections to find electors who were willing to chat about the lessons he learned in American history class and at the dinner table. He became one of the few people in the country more willing to talk about Hamilton, the man, than about Hamilton, an American musical. The Electoral College, he said he tells them, was not intended to be a rubber stamp. Otherwise, he said the Founding Fathers would have tasked the responsibility to a clerk or simply used the popular vote as a way of choosing a president. I'm reminding them of their duty to think about their choice in a way that's consistent with their conscience and the Constitution, Lyman said. So far, Lyman said he has identified 20 electors who might be willing to vote other than their party pledge. He couldn't name more than one publicly, 
but insisted that more were out there. Earlier this month, Chris Suprum of Texas became the first Republican elector in a red state that voted for Trump to declare in a December 5th New York Times column that he would not cast his electoral vote for Trump. Suprum voted for Senator Ted Cruz of Texas in the primary and said he left behind his wallet on Election Day and thus did not vote in the general. Nonetheless, Suprum said he was willing to vote for Trump in the Electoral College until the candidate claimed with no evidence that millions of Clinton supporters voted illegally. Suprum's public stance has elicited death threats and hate mail, he said. As of yesterday, people are calling to say, get your ass together or we're coming for you, said Suprum, who was the sole Republican elector to ask for an intelligence briefing on Russia. They're doing it with their own phone number, not even blocking the number. That's not been surprising. Look at what Trump says himself. Vince Kohler, a Democratic elector from Monterey County, California, said he read Suffren's column and started thinking about his own role.